You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky here at the one and only St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. Wonderful Rochester. It's a beautiful sunny day outside. I had a nice drive over this morning. And my co-host, Melissa Scaccio. Yes, good morning again. <laughs> good morning again. <laughs> so uh, we just had a wonderful conversation uh, with Bishop Kagan from the Diocese of Bismarck. I don't know why I said Fargo. I, my apologies, Bishop. And to the wonderful people of the Diocese of Bismarck, I... Uh, well, if you're going to offend someone, it might as well be a bishop. He probably will forgive you. That's true. That's you a, probably that's can kind of probably bank on that, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he did have some uh, some wonderful insight into to Easter and just all the mystery um, involved therein and just how much there is to meditate on about it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I was having a conversation yesterday with someone, and um, he's a seminarian that comes in and, and visits because we let the seminarians and priests drink for free. So it's like a magnet for them when they're in town. All right. And it, he was explaining to me, and I'd never really thought about it before, that God loved us into existence. So if God stops loving us for even a moment, we will cease to exist. Mm -hmm. And then someone was listening and then kind of popped in on the conversation, and they're like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, Easter, like the crucifixion, like that, that to me is pretty powerful proof right there, because, you know, that was one heck of a sacrifice, and if God didn't love us that much... You know, it just all makes sense. Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's definitely, uh, definitely the, you know, uh, like like Christ says in the Gospels, you know, there's no greater love than for someone to lay down their life for a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's absolute, absolutely what he does. He, uh, he sacrifices himself for us. Um, and then as a parent, too, like, yeah. for people that don't have children, it's so much harder to understand that to love something just because you created it is a thing. Yeah. Until you have a child, it's like, that's kind of an abstract concept. And then it's like, you have a child, and you're like, yep, I get it. I totally get it now. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I remember that, uh, looking, when we had our first, just looking at, looking at our child and just thinking, wow. I know, I remember my yeah. husband was like, we made this. And I was right. like, oh my gosh, I know, isn't this crazy? And it's just such a, such an amazing thing. And then to go even further, and to think of turning your child over you mm-hmm. know that that uh you know in a in a very mystical mysterious way that we don't really understand right jesus is is the son of god and the son of the father um and for the father um to to see his son sacrifice himself mm-hmm. you know on behalf of humanity is just such a such an amazing thing to to contemplate and something that uh you know we'll, we'll never understand our puny <laughs> puny human brains can never really comprehend that we can comprehend kind of in a in a in a uh, an analogous way right mm-hmm. but uh but not really fully well and that too and then i think of as a mother <clears throat> i think of mary watching jesus on the cross and how much i would have wanted to be like get down <laughs> get yeah. down from there let me take your place and she did yeah. not do that because she understood and, like, I think, could I have done that? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. Watched my kids. You know, you just the, your kids fall, and you just got to put a Band-Aid on them, and your, like, heart is broken. Right. I can't imagine um, oh, how Mary must have felt having to watch that and knowing that she couldn't, you know. And when, when she told Jesus, you know, turn the water into wine because, you know, they're out, and he right. did what she said, I kind of, it makes me wonder, you know, if, if she would have said, hey, get down from there. 
Yeah. I would presume he would have said, sorry, I can't. But um, I don't I don't know. It's just one of those interesting things. You just never know. Um, one of those weird things to think about. Yeah. And actually, that made me think I wasn't just playing on my phone and not listening. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, Nick yeah. is on his phone. <laughs> I was trying to find a, a, a hymn uh, that we sung as part of the services um, mm-hmm. at the, in the Ukrainian Catholic Church. And one of them um, is uh, about the Blessed Mother, about that. And uh, uh, come and let us all sing the praises of him who was crucified for us. For us. For Mary said when she beheld him on the tree, though you endure the cross, yet you are my son and my God, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was really profound. And then uh, it continues, seeing her own lamb led to the slaughter, Mary, his mother, followed him with the other women. And in her grief, she cried, where do you go, my child? Why do you run so swiftly? Is there another wedding in Cana? And are you hastening there to turn the water into wine? Shall I go with you, my child, or shall I wait for you? Speak some word to me, O word. Do not pass me by in silence. You have preserved me, and you are my son and God. Oh, um, that's beautiful. And it, uh, uh, hearing those hymns, it, it always makes you want to cry. Because, uh, you know, and just like the, uh, the, the Stabat Mater, right, mm-hmm. uh, that we sing during Stations of the Cross mm-hmm. uh, during Lent, too, just to, to meditate on that. And, and it's uh, eerily haunting, and it just, like, pulls your heart and... Um, yeah, it's just the love of Mary is just, I don't know. As a mother, I, I relate to her so much. And then I think of my own mother, and um, I don't know, I was just thinking about this, but when I had my, my oldest child, I, I, uh, I almost died. And my mm-hmm. mom was there with me, and I had to choose. And it was like, should we save the baby or should we save you? You know, not the question you want to hear. Right. And um, my husband wasn't there. Actually, I went into labor a couple hours away, and he was on his way, so my mom was with me. And my mom, bless her soul, when I said, save the baby, not me, she didn't say a word. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like years later, I'm like, I watched my mom to ask me die. And she, right. and she understood. Right. And she was like, and I said, you're going to have to take this baby. Like, he's going to be a wreck. Like, <laughs> you'll never be able to take care of the baby without me. Um, and she just, she stood there and didn't say anything to make me change my mind. She didn't say, please save yourself. You know, you're my child. And I just think, oh my gosh, my mom was just emulating Mary and Mary's heart. And wow, I aspire to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So profound. So profound. Uh, Well, we've just received word that uh, Linda is ready to join us uh, to tell us about her trip to the Holy Land. So welcome, Linda. Hello. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. And I'm sure our listeners are, are familiar with you, but uh, for those who may have missed you uh, when you've been on air before, could you tell them a little bit about yourself? I'm um, Linda Baldwin, and I um, go to um, Christ the King in Sioux Falls. That's my parish. And I am the manager of the Catholic bookstore here in Sioux Falls. We've been open it was um, three years ago in October, so we're kind of new, but but uh, not new-new like we used to be, so it's, it's getting kind of fun. We've had just a super busy Easter season, and that's been very exciting. So people are finding us and figuring out we have a store in Sioux Falls. <laughs> and that's the that's the world-famous mustard seed, right? Uh, we hear the ads yes, for it all it the is. time on yes, Real Presence. So. <laughs> yeah, so- yep, they... they so Linda, how did you do? Because like three years ago, that's just pre-COVID. Because that's about when I took over St. James Coffee too. Like, how did you guys navigate that and survive? It was it was very quiet. You could be in the store all day and have three customers. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> And 
So we decided, well, you're hearing all around the world that they were going to close um, down everything because so many places were, and we decided, well, when Costco closes, we'll close. And they never <laughs> closed, go. and so we never did either. <laughs> there you go. So, so it was very quiet. I, I uh, was here by myself a lot, <laughs> but, but we made it through, and it's... Um, Still COVID, <laughs> and and we don't notice it so much in South Dakota until you're trying to travel to the Holy Land and all of the tests and all of the, ah. the paperwork and ah, you remember it's COVID very plainly when you're trying to do that. <laughs> but otherwise, yes. we I, we don't hardly notice it here. Great, great. Uh, and speaking of trips to the Holy Land, right? Uh, you just recently came back, right? Right. We went from the 15th through the 24th in March. So right in the middle of Lent, we went to the Holy Land. It was wonderful. I recommend it highly. I, I'm sure it's wonderful anytime you go, but Lent is just super powerful to be there during Lent. Oh, which group did you go with? We went... Um, Father um, Brian Christensen, who's also on the radio, um, mm-hmm. he led a group that were from uh, part were from Port, Fort Pier and part were from Rapid City, um, mm-hmm. and so I went out there. He was my last boss before I moved from Rapid City to Sioux Falls, ah. and so um, I went with his his group. It was really fun to be back with the old crowd of, of uh, <laughs> wonderful Rapid City people. It was some, sometimes you get homesick, and it was great to go with that group. Absolutely. That does sound fantastic. And what a time to go during Lent. Um, I'm sure that helped uh, kind of, uh, well, I, I guess uh, before I jump to to kind of the, <laughs> the ultimate point of the interview, maybe tell us a little bit about your experience over there, what you were able to visit, what you guys were able to see. Uh, every day um, you saw so many things you'd think, oh, my God, you'd get back to your room at night and you try and write. I, I would love to journal when I'm on a trip. And I'd get back to my room and try and write all the things that we saw that day, and there's just no way. You just, there too many things. And, and you'll get to an area and you'll think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they know where that was. Oh, you're kidding. We saw what? You know, and so over and over you said that every day, um, that the wonderful things that um, – you would see, like, you start out um, at, at Tel Aviv is where we started, and so then mm. you go to um, Caesarea, and so then, then you're working your way up to Jerusalem and, and to, the, um, to the holy place, and then, and then you go to Bethlehem and, and, uh, and Nazareth and, and all the places, and so you're, you're just kind of making a circle around to different, uh, different locations, and there's so much to see everywhere, and you have no idea... Um, when you're getting up in the morning, you they give you you know like the three key places, and then you see 23 places because wow. that, oh you're going by oh oh oh, oh. Um, <laughs> and um, one of the one of the days you're uh, when we got to Jerusalem and you're walking, they call it the walk of of uh, Palm Sunday, and so mm. you're um, going down the hill and. The, Jerusalem is hills every everywhere, <laughs> hills up and down, up and down, up and down. I don't know if you've ever been to like Leed and Deadwood in in South Dakota, so I felt like I was always in Leed and Deadwood every day. That that, this, that everything is built on the side of a hill, and and you're just looking from one top of a hill to the next, looking at stuff. And so you're in Jerusalem, and you're outside the old city, and you're walking. They start you off at the 
church of the agony in the garden. And so you're in this church and you're like, oh my gosh. And the pictures are huge. And you have to get used to the idea that everything you're thinking of, I'm very good at. Oh. Oh no, did we lose her? I think we might have. That's okay. I'm sure she'll uh, come right back when uh, when we get a chance. It's uh, it's uh, never good to uh, to lose the connection in the middle, but that's okay. Uh, I can just imagine what a powerful experience it must be to go to the Holy Land. I've never been. Oh, I haven't either. But like to to be there during whole and like have it just all come alive and be there and oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Right. Uh, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah, mine too. I think the closest I've ever been uh, was going to the. Uh, the shrine of the uh, the North American martyrs in upstate New York, because you're standing where Isaac Jogues was martyred. You're standing where Rene Goupil was martyred, where these guys were martyred in this this valley in this mm-hmm. river. That's where they threw their threw their bodies and th- you know. And it's such a tangible way to really connect uh, things in your mind and go, "This is real." Yeah, it's this not happened. just a story. You know, it's, just like this we were is talking about with yeah. uh, with Bishop Kagan at the start, right? Mm-hmm. That these are real things and it's important that these are real things and that they're remembered too exactly exactly so uh linda you're back with us yes i am i have no idea what i was saying when when you lost me (laughs) (laughs) well we were talking about the The palm Palm sunday Sunday it was palm sunday yeah yeah. and then um did i tell you about the church of the 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 agony yep you were in the agony of the garden and then it was palm sunday okay so when um, when you're at different places, I am I am very good at Lexio. Did I tell you that already? That's where you just got caught off. You said I'm very good at, and you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so like um, when they're talking about um, the shepherds in the field um, on Christmas Eve, I can uh-huh. totally see myself in a field and I can feel the breeze and I can smell the sheep and and I can smell the campfire and and mm. I can see the stars and I can totally put myself in the place wherever we're talking about. So it's really hard when you go to the Holy Land because... Well, well there we go again. I think uh, I, I can agree with the... the they have sh- oh, there, there we are. Okay. There we are. You oh, sorry, we lost you for a second, second Linda. There. Keep going. Oh, so I can, I can, I had all these preconceived ideas of we're going to go and see these great places. The trouble is they've built monster cathedral churches over the top of all. Well, I was, I was going to ask about that. Anywhere, you know? Right. And so, so when you, when you go to the to the um, to the church of the agony in the garden, you you want to be in a garden, but you're right. in this monster church. But. The beauty of it is the art in those churches depicting where you're at is just phenomenal. You're not in a wonderful outdoor garden like you're thinking that you're going to be that, oh, you know, this is the place. But you can see the murals and the, um, and it, it's breathtaking. All of those churches are just, you know, the art in there, and, and what they're about is fantastic. And the beauty of going with a priest in, um, as part of your tour is that then you get to do Mass in all those places. Mm. And Magnificat has a book that they publish that is a Holy Land book, and so every place we went like that and you said Mass, the readings go with the church you're in, and it just blows your mind. And so you're sitting in the church 
at the place where it happened doing the readings and you're just like, Oh my oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I cried all the time and so and, oh, yeah. and other people would look at you. <laughs> but I am I am a big crier and so I would be crying away in mass and it was mm. so awesome. I loved it. It just fills your heart just to overflowing so you have to cry because this is I can't believe I'm here. Oh my gosh, this is the agony in the garden. So you get out of mass and you're walking down the hill and you're doing the walk that would have been Hosanna in the highest, you know, and laying down the palm leaves and all that. And so you're just thinking, oh, this is where we're walking. This is so fabulous. Then you get to the olive garden, the tree, um, the olive trees in the garden, and you're like, this is where this happened. We're right here where the garden was. And it, it, we, we, la- we joked about it because we said it's like, if you've been to the Black Hills, you know how humongous the Black Hills are. And they go forever and ever. And it's wonderful and beautiful Black Hills. And so, and so um, the um, olive trees that they have left are like, like a half a block inside of a fence. And so it's really hard to put yourself in this giant garden when you're, when you're walking around this little half a block fence. But the trees in there, they think, are like 2,000 years old. And they said these might not be the exact trees that Jesus was walking through when he was in the agony of the garden, but the root system is the same because they came in and got rid of it. They didn't want anything left um, after they're trying to get rid of anything that reminded people of Jesus. And so right. they had cut down everything in that. But they all came back up in the same place because of huh. the, the humongous root system that's there. So these trees are the children of the trees who were really there, but they think some of those trees are close to 2,000 years old. And so it's just, you, you just stand there at the fence, and you're just in awe that this is, this is where it happened. These, this is the kind of trees. This is the, what the area looked like when he walked. So you get to the bottom of the hill, and then there's another church that just breaks your heart. There are crows, three crows on the top of the church, and it's the place where Peter denied Jesus three times. Mm. And you're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, this, what, oh, this what is, an interesting this is me place here. To, this right? What an interesting yeah. place to put a church, right? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you would think of putting um, churches yeah. near something, you know, heroic or you know something, yep. not something that embarrassing that, that you right. actually denied yeah. Jesus three times. Here's, oh, here's, here's, here's a memory of my worst thing. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's the yeah, I think it's the church where everybody needs to go in. Oh I, yeah, you know, it's like oh my gosh, this I <laughs> I need to spend some time in here yeah. and and just <laughs> and it just really. Um, brings it all home to you that this this is the place. So then the wonderful thing um, that happens is uh, um, on a different day, you go to the beach, and it is the beach where that happens after the resurrection where Jesus is oh. frying the fish. With the charcoal and fire. And calls Peter to him. Yes, and he calls Peter and says, do you love me three times to make up for the three times that he denied him? And then you're on the beach and you see the water just the tide rushing in and out mm. on the rocks and uh, they built the church and there's a giant rock where they said that this is where he built his charcoal fire and half uh. of the rock is half inside and half outside so you can go in that church and you're like 
This is where you redeem yourself. You know, over here yeah. is where you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then this is where you come and say, I love you, I love you. You know I do. You know I do. No matter if I'm <laughs> over there in that crow church, more than I'm right. over here in the I love you church, you know. But it was just like the beginning and the end of the story, you know. And you just yeah. felt like, wow, we saw the we saw both ends. This is just whew, <laughs> overwhelmingly <laughs> wonderful to to think I've been in both ends, you know? Absolutely. And so it makes you know when you get home and you're at, you're doing um, Holy Thursday and you're sitting there in the garden that they've made at your parish. And right. you have all of this stuff just rolling in your head, you know, thinking, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been. It was just wonderful, wonderful. So, Absolutely. Um, well, I, I hate to interrupt, but we do have to take a break in here. Okay. And I want to kind of stop you before we get into the uh, Good Friday and Easter and all of those things. So uh, we'll just take a break right now. If you're just joining us, uh, Real Presence Live, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scacio, coming to you live from St. James Coffee here in Rock and Roll Rochester, uh, speaking with Lyndon Baldwin about her experience in the Holy Land, uh, joining us from Sioux Falls. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, LumenVision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about LumenVision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, we're in rock and roll Rochester, speaking on the phone with Linda Baldwin about her recent experience in the Holy Land and how that's impacted her uh, her understanding of Holy Week. Uh, Nick Medelsky and Melissa Scacio here. Um, having a wonderful day. A lot of sunshine, beautiful day. It'll warm up. I hear it's supposed to be pretty warm by the end of the week. It's so. looking good out there. So it, uh, so Although we might open the door and change our minds. We so might so. actually get excited that spring might <laughs> finally be on its way. Finally. But, uh, Third winter will be done. We, yeah, we've lived in the Midwest long <laughs> enough to know that. You don't, get your, you don't get your hopes up. Yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, so uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, the uh, the start of Christ's passion there, right? The uh, the agony in the garden and the crow church. I like that. I'll always remember that, the, the three crows on the crow church. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's keep going through uh, through Holy Week um, and through the the Triduum there. So uh, what's next? Okay, um, then you go um, across the street. It's like a big valley and, and giant roadways in between, and so you feel like you're crossing the street to go on the other side to Old <laughs> Jerusalem. And um, <coughs> excuse me, when you're in Old Jerusalem, you can see back across to the church, and it just reminds you, because you can see the the two churches when you're in Old Jerusalem. But Old Jerusalem is like Old Jerusalem. You're it just, wow, are you kidding? The things are, you know, we love to think we have an old city. We go to Leed and Deadwood, and the things are 200 years old. Right, know? right. You're like, are you kidding? They don't have anything that new here. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so you're looking at things that literally, like, um, they even have a place where they have the tomb of David. So how many thousand wow. years old is wow. that? And yeah. then, and so you're, when you're at the Wailing Wall, you kind of start at the Wailing Wall for your um, tour of the day. And the wall, the bottom parts are, the stones are like a, a yard wide, let's say, and then you can only see a couple of layers of that, and then the next layers up, they're like two foot squares, and then you get up to the top and they're one foot squares. Well, the bottom, and they say there are 12 layers that you can't see that are underneath, those are from the wall at the time of Jesus, and wow. then the, sm- the next size bricks are from the era of the Crusaders, because they came back and tried to build churches and things over the top of where the Muslims had covered everything up that was Christian. And so the Crusaders came back and found everything, and then they would build on top to save the location as a special place for the Christians when they came back through the Crusades. And then the little bricks on the top are our time. And, and um, so you go to the Wailing Wall, and, they, and it's still Jewish, and so the women are on one side and the men are the other, and you can walk up and lay your hands on these bricks that have been there since the time of Jesus. And you get over there, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. And it was just like everybody started talking to me out of the bricks. and it, and it, it, But, you know, I'm just such a visual person. And so... I'm standing there with my hands on the bricks, and I'm thinking, Mary and Joseph and Jesus as a little boy, they came by here all the right. time. Mm-hmm. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they walked by here all the time. All of the apostles, 
walked by here all the time. Martha and Mary and Martha and Lazarus, because you've just seen all these things, and, and these people are all just really fresh to you because you've been to where they lived and you've been to where they did things. And so you're just standing there holding this with your hand on this brick thinking, all of these people have been here. And it just floods you with just this overwhelming feeling like the... Um, the the church is real. I mean, what everything yeah. we, we're talking yeah. about. It's these people walked by these rocks, you know, and I've got my hands on these rocks, and they were here. And it it just I don't know. There's just something about it that is just so overwhelming. So that's the beginning of your Via Della Rosa day. So the walking mm. the path that Jesus walked for the Last Supper. So you go into the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and we had mass, and it just you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So we're having mass in here, and and you're. It's another place where it's overwhelming because you want it to be. This is where Jesus was crucified. So this is supposed to be a hill out in the middle of the country, and it's the most elaborate church you've ever been in your whole life. And it's, so it's just really hard to think this is where we're. No, 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 no. I'm on. You know, and so you go through and you see the rock where they put the crucifix into the stone you see that rock and you're like oh my gosh and it's in the middle of all of this splendor it's really hard to wrap your head around what you're seeing and and then you go they let you let you put your hands on the place where they laid Jesus um, in the tomb and <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just I can't, wow. I can't even say it. You know, you're just so overwhelmed. that the, What? I'm laying my right. hands right there. And then you, you walk by. When you come in the door, there's another big rock that they let you put your hands on, and they say it's where Joseph of Arimathea laid Jesus to wrap him in, in the um, wow. um, oils and the, and the perfumes and, right. and all the things that they wrap him in, in the, and put him in the shroud and... Mm-hmm. laid him in the tomb, but this is the rock where they laid him before they put him in the tomb. And all of those places, you know, it's just pretty overwhelming when it's Holy Week to be walking there and to know and to go in and do Mass, and then they are, the readings for the Mass are exactly about the place where you are. So in case you hadn't remembered or you couldn't think about it, they <laughs> right. are, it's just right there, you know, given right, fed right back to you. And so it was... Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I keep saying I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's very well, it's powerful a- and wonderful to go and and see all those places, and it it stirs things in your heart that you just don't don't expect that you're just overwhelming the things that that it brings back to you as you're as you're doing. So then they take you on the walk of the. After you've been through the been to the Wailing Wall and you've been to the church, at least in our group, then we did the walk, and so then you do the walk of the of um, the crucifix the stations of the cross, and so they give you a cr- uh, cross to carry, Aww. and three different people would carry the cross from each station. So you would carry it to a station and then put it down, and the next three people would pick it up and carry it to the next station. But we did the stations of the cross, and so you read them. When you got to the station, you were at the place, and you had carried the cross to this place, and then they read the station, and then somebody picks it up and carries it to the next one. It was... That's... 
stations across will never be the same. <laughs> you know, I was just going to say, you've got me sold. I'm going. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going, but I'm going now. <laughs> and so, so to, to, you know, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And so he said, um, he's, our guide said, a lot of people like to come really early in the morning when there's nobody here. But he said, Jesus came in the normal busy day and so all mm. everywhere you're going it's shopkeepers all over the place and lots of people and you're walking in and out of out of groups of people doing their daily things and he said this is how jesus would have been for the people who were his followers they knew what was going on but nobody else did everybody else was just going about their business having their little shop and doing their stuff and oh here goes some criminals walking down the street heading out to be crucified oh right. there they go you know and yeah. so they said it wouldn't have been any different than us carrying this cross. They're all, oh yeah, there goes some more tourists carrying their cross. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you know. And so, <laughs> so it was. It was very. That was um, good to hear that as an explanation before we went, because you kind of wanted it to all be empty, and we we just get to prayerfully do this all by ourselves with nobody bothering. And he said, no, this this is more realistic. Mm-hmm. That there yeah. are lots of people going about their business and doing doing their stuff. So that is. Um, something to think about when you go. If you if you get to go at five in the morning and nobody's there, enjoy the the private prayer time. You know that you get as a group. Um, but remember that it would have been a crowded, busy street because how could have all those people been spitting on him and yelling at him and doing all the things they did if, right. if nobody else was there? It couldn't have happened. It had to be a crowded, busy place, and people see criminals going by. Then of course they spit and yell and holler and. And I'm I'm glad we behave better now. I'm not sure we always do, but <laughs> there's no no uh, torturing people in the middle of the street anymore like there used to be. That's right, absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're up to the end of our time. It was so wonderful talking to you, oh Linda. Thank you for sharing your experience with us. <laughs> yes, thank Stay you, Linda. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. God yeah. bless.